Welcome to Behind the Warrior, a podcast presented by the EOD Warrior Foundation. This series will focus on resources, interviews, and topics impacting EOD warriors, their families, and the military community at large. Welcome, everyone. This is Sherry Beck, and I am really excited to welcome everybody to Behind the Warrior podcast. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Narissa Jenkins. Narissa is the CEO and founder of Healing Hoofsteps. Healing Hoofsteps is an equine therapy-based nonprofit organization located in Crestview, Florida. Narissa, welcome to Behind the Warrior It's so good to have you today, and to start off, I always like to ask for you to tell us a little about yourself. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for having me uh, on Behind the Warrior today. I'm thrilled to be able to uh, share a little bit about Healing Hoofsteps and kind of how Healing Hoofsteps came about. Um, Actually, what was inspired, what had inspired me to do this, I had had a love of horses my entire life um, when I was a, a small girl. Um, I'm the daughter of a combat search and rescue Vietnam vet. And um, horses was something that my parents to this day will tell you that they had hoped I would grow out of. Um, it didn't really happen that way. But it was always a passion of mine. And, and growing up, you know, in the in the 80s, there, there weren't a lot of names that people wanted to use when it came to dealing with post-war traumas and how that affected the families and how that affected the individuals. And um, so kind of growing up in that, I I always still had this passion for for horses. And I actually wound up having a professional career um, in the business and marketing world for quite a long time. And it wasn't until later in life when horses kind of worked their way back into my life when I needed them most. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in that part of my journey, I really wasn't sure about corporate America anymore and what I wanted to do, but I wanted to help people. And this, this moments that I was spending with my horse at the time was no longer me tacking up and putting a saddle on. It was sometimes just these very quiet, still moments um, sitting in the horse pasture with her um, that seemed to make this high-pressure job and small children and this, you know, my husband traveled for work seemed to make this time really, um, you know, helpful for me. And and I thought, you know, something's going on here because I had been so used to riding and that was what I knew um, as far as spending time with a horse. And um, it was so much more than that that I had discovered in those moments out there. And uh, my family lives in the in the Northwest Florida Panhandle. I was in Central Florida at the time, and they wanted us to to move back and be closer. And I, I had kind of started researching equine therapy, and and just became fascinated with the mental health model that we use here, um, which is called the EGALA model. It's the Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association. So they use licensed mental health counselors and the horses in an experiential setting. So everything is on the ground with the horses. And it was just, it was so fascinating to me that, that this was being done and that this was causing, you know, so much change in so many people's lives around the world. And when it came time to move back to the panhandle, I knew nothing like this existed here. And so I told my non-horsey husband and family that if we're going back, this is what I want to do. And I did kind of get some, some odd looks and, and a lot of questions about you want to do what? <laughs> and yeah, so it was, um, 
it was quite quite the you know adjustment going from the suburbs of Orlando in a ten year old house to thirty seven acres in Crestview, Florida, mm-hmm. and trying to start a program. Right. So, you know, we got here. I spent two years talking to therapists. We bought the property in 2015, and I spent the first couple of years talking to therapists, trying to get them to understand what we were doing, and and they didn't really get it. I thought, well, are you are you if you're not riding them, well, what are you doing? You know, and are you brushing them? Are you picking up food? Well, maybe. Um, so after a couple of years of, of trying to find a local therapist to understand, I actually got a an email late one night through our website. And since I had a marketing background I, and, a, and a business background, my website and the social media accounts always looked like something was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Connie thought, you know, she had been working with Marcus Luttrell's Lone Survivor Foundation in Texas, in San Antonio. Um, and helped him start that program. And they started the first year with four retreats. And then the last year she was with them, they were up to 44. Wow. And uh, the travel was too much. And her husband got stationed here at Eglin. And she thought she was going to sign up for coming to see like a networking event. Little did she know. Little did she know. Yeah, she showed up and she said, you want to start a private practice? And I said, yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was really in in 2017. Um, So I, you know, once we started that, we were started out doing um, intakes in the horse pasture, actually. Wow. And it's been a really crazy journey to looking at us today. We have a staff of... Um, three uh, therapists, we have four therapeutic riding instructors, um, and we see clients six days a week, and we're well over 100 and something clients a week between the two programs. Wow. Uh, So it's, from the two of us in a pasture on a picnic table to today has been quite, quite the experience and quite the journey. Yeah, and think of all the lives that you've helped too, um, Narissa, in, in just the short amount of time. I mean, you circling back, you bought the property in 15, you started the nonprofit in 17, and here we are in 2021. And your your love and passion for horses and also understanding the human connection, the human and horse connection um, has been so valuable to this area. And um, thank you for all that you do. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm the lucky one. <laughs> I, I always say I, I just work here. It's these ladies and this team and these horses that that make this happen, you right. know, um, to see the kind of change that, that goes on and, and so quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the nonprofit hasn't, and we haven't been around all that long, um, but, you know, it's, the property had no horse anything on it, so it was, you know, it's kind of a great thing that you can pick and choose and put things where you want them, but then it puts you in another uh, position, okay, now we've got to fundraise and be strategic and build it. Right, right. Well, I had the pleasure, um, myself and two other co-workers actually had the pleasure of coming out to see you probably, I want to say it was shortly after, 
it was maybe 2000, I don't know, 19-ish, I think, <laughs> um, uh-huh. when you stopped by our office to let us know what the new initiative was and what you were up to. And we came out to your property there in Crestview and um, had had a tour and got to meet some of the horses and interact with some of your employees there. And I, I know that, you know, it was kind of a situation of crawl, walk, run, and I feel like within the last two years, you guys have probably accomplished that, you know, very rapidly, um, but was very impressed by what, what you had to offer. Oh, well, thank you. It's It has been, uh, if I had known this was going to grow this quickly, um, I mean, I, I had no idea, but the, the need in the community for alternative mental health services where you're not just sitting on a couch somewhere talking about your feelings for an hour. Um, you know, it's the need has that we've uncovered has just been so enormous and, and we're trying to, you know, serve as much of it as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, but there is definitely a big, big need for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a place and a time for, for both. There's, there's a place and a time when you do need, you know, that interaction with a counselor one-on-one in an office, but there's also lots of opportunities for alternative, alternative treatment and uh, ways to think about things and, and deal with some of the issues that you may be having. Absolutely. Yeah. So Narissa, can you tell us uh, what, who, who are the, who are the people that you serve? Who do you serve? Well, uh, so we see ages five years of age and up, uh, both in our mental health program as well as our therapeutic riding program. We work with individuals, couples, veterans, active duty, first responders, groups, um, really anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, we work on the mental health side um, with the therapists and the counselors. We're kind of out working in a big two and a half acre pasture. So mobility is a requirement to be able to participate in those sessions. Whereas now that we have the writing program, um, we have the ability to expand upon that for those whose mobility may not be um, a good fit for the mental health side. So they're able to be able to work with the horses in a different way um, over on that side. Right, which is incredible because there's a need there too um, for for people who are challenged with mobility. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, and the horses don't mm-hmm. see any of that. Exactly. They, they see humans. Right, <laughs> which is it, which is just incredible. I, I've had the opportunity to to be witness, I guess, to a lot of um, equine therapy over the last seven years or so. And I think horses are just incredible four-legged species because they just have a very instinctual um, response to people. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what you would think a horse was actually being friendly or over-friendly, maybe that's not the message that the horse is saying. Maybe the horse is actually saying, uh, lighten up a little bit. You know, you're you're pretty uptight or I'm afraid of you. Um, Certainly horses are um, prey. They're or they're yes they're prey <laughs> they're not oh, yeah. they're not the predator so um we are the predators to them you know so um, uh-huh. i just i find them incredibly fascinating everything mother nature made them to be should tell them to run from us mm-hmm. every part of a prey animal um that's afraid and doesn't want to be eaten will avoid a predator if it can 
And somehow they, even with all of their strength physically, um, they're able to trust us and work with us. It's, it's the only relationship in the animal kingdom where you have predator and prey that are able to work together for a common goal. Um, which I always find just so fascinating. And and it's when you watch these horses, they are different from hour to hour with each different client or couple or group that walk out there. And they're picking up on all of these nonverbals that the clients are giving off, you know, and as, as prey animals, if this predator that just walked into your living room is nervous, right, they're going to read that, they're going to react to that. And they're going to keep their distance. So it's a natural way for a lot of folks that are, you know, they learn to kind of center themselves. Like, I've, I'm, you know, I've got to calm down if I want to get close to one of these animals. I'm going to have to calm myself down. So, so instead of somebody telling them to calm down, they're actually practicing how to calm themselves down in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and that's why I find a lot of folks that have gone through trauma, you know, they don't want to be told how to feel and how to think and how to act, right? So, so we're not telling them, they're learning that on their own. Yeah, which, They're learning that if they act like a predator, they come in and their arms are big and their shoulders are, are broad and they're stomping towards the animal, that animal's going to move away, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and and they're not and the folks aren't coming out here cuz they want horses to move away from them. They want them to come towards them. Right. You know. Right. Well, they definitely want to engage and um so horses are just incredible. Um well, I wanted to ask um I know you explained what your original vision was for healing hoof steps and do you feel like over the last couple of years your vision has has changed in that way? It, it has a little bit, and it actually, it was the development of our therapeutic riding program that kind of changed that. Um, our mental health program, as I mentioned, everything is on the ground with the therapists and the horses in all of those sessions. And as uh, my clinical director and I, as we would go out into the public at different festivals or speaking at different clubs um, like Rotary, Kiwanis, that they would always ask, well, do you ride? Do you ride? And um, I personally don't have the desire to to teach riding, but that doesn't mean that I don't know that there's value in it for individuals. And so we actually had the right person. Um, Connie and I were at the uh, Triple B Festival in Crestview, and everybody in, that would come up to the table said, but do you ride, do you ride, do you ride? And uh, Amara, who is our therapeutic writing program director, um, was in the, uh, she just graduated with her master's in, in counseling from Troy University a couple of weeks ago, and she had come to one of our trainings, and I knew she was a writing instructor down in Fort Walton Beach, and Connie says, do you, do you think Amara would want a writing program? I said, I don't know, I can ask. And um, so I asked her, she was actually seven months pregnant at the time. <laughs> and she said that that's been her dream since she was a child was to have a therapeutic writing program. And she says, I'm a little busy at the moment because she was seven months pregnant. And I said, well, not today. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need some time to piece the whole thing together. Um, but that was her dream. So 
we started the writing program um, in June of last year. And it started with 16 writers. And this term in April, we have 74. Wow. Wow. I would consider that a huge success. <laughs> it, it absolutely is. And it's created an amazing transition where we've had some of the folks that start out on the mental health side. And as their mental health improves, they kind of get a, a, a secondary way to learn and to engage with these horses. Mm-hmm. that maybe they weren't wouldn't have been able to do initially when they came. Right, right. So it's really been an amazing extension, and it's allowed us, like I mentioned earlier, to work with folks um, that have different diagnoses that may not have necessarily been a good fit on the mental health side. You know, we have a lot of kids that are on the spectrum, folks with multiple sclerosis or mm-hmm. cerebral palsy or amputees um, that you know aren't able to move around as easy in a two-acre pasture or some that are nonverbal, they're able to participate with the horses in the riding program since it's a more controlled environment. Right, right. That's, that's fantastic. Um, well, I know you have a new, a fairly new initiative that has happened, um, Narissa, called Hoof Steps for Heroes program. Can you walk us through what that program is and how it's organized to include like the length of time and what it takes to complete it? Absolutely. So Hoofsteps for Heroes was created. We have, as I mentioned, a lot of people when they first think about um, writing, therapeutic writing, they always think of little kids or younger kids. And there's a, an entire um, m- monster benefit to those veterans as well that can step over into that. And so what we did was we wanted to make it something that would be exclusive to veterans and first responders. So you're not going to have veterans that are riding with a five-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> They're going to be grouped with other like-minded veterans with similar experiences and similar goals. Um, you know, and that might be, you know, working through uh, you know, social anxiety, um, relationship skills, that sort of thing. Um, the program itself is completely 100% funded by community businesses um, and scholarships. So we've had the amazing uh, Defenders of Freedom, Hope Matters, uh, Cox Communications that have sponsored rides for veterans. Um, I believe that one of the VFWs just recently is going to contribute to that. And so um, they only need they need to be they can be active duty or retired uh, veteran or first responder, and they get six sessions in therapeutic writing. Or if necessary, they can do eight sessions on the mental health side under that funding. Mm-hmm. And it is no cost um, to any of the new participants to the program. And I, and I say that I I have to say new participants because what we we've, we've kind of seen happen is we have people that that want to keep coming after they finish the first six weeks. And um, <laughs> I got to save some of that funding for new people. Right. So the set, if they want to come back again for another six weeks term, we kind of, we do a 50% scholarship match. So they pay $150 out of pocket and then the scholarship pays for the other 150. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like a fair deal for sure. Um, yeah, they just keep coming back. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds like something's working, which is which is great because to have um, this sort of service in this area when it's so heavily populated with active duty service members, veterans, first responders, all you know, I mean, like you said, anyone really can can 
choose which program fits them um, within our community, mm-hmm. civilians as well. So um, I think it's great. I think it's wonderful that you're getting this level of response. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it's been amazing. The response is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, what other programs do you offer? I know that the Hoof Steps for Heroes program, like I said, is new, but um, and you offer a therapeutic riding program. Is there anything else that, that Healing Hoof Steps offers? We actually do traditional talk therapy sessions. Um, we do have an air-conditioned and heated office that our therapists can use for traditional talk sessions. Uh, we have a clinical psychologist on staff that's able to do psychological testing. Uh, we do have the Alpha Stem sessions, which is the FDA-approved uh, non-narcotic um, treatment for anxiety, depression, and insomnia. Uh, it works almost. It's got a current similar to that um, how people would use the Tens unit, except it's a, a different current. It's it's an Alpha current, and it helps kind of. I used to tell my clinical director, I, I I dumb things down. She uses all the big clinical words, and I'll dumb them down. <laughs> Um, but it resets those waves, alpha waves within the brain that are causing those. Um, and, and they're just little clip-on, almost like clip-on earrings and this little, almost like a little Walkman. And um, the VA will actually, with a letter of medical necessity, will actually um, give that device to a veteran that's gone and tried it somewhere. So we have the ability for folks to come and try that here. And if it works well for them, uh, our clinical director can, can do that letter of medical necessity so that they can have the device at home. That's fantastic. And utilize it at home. And then we also do accelerated resolution therapy or ART. Um, It's kind of a, it's similar to EMDR, but it is an image replacement. So our clinical director is an advanced certified ART uh, provider. And so it's replacing the image of a particular trauma. So wherever that image and that memory is, they're tricking, it's a, they trick the amygdala into taking another snapshot almost of whatever that triggering image is in the brain and making it something that does not cause that same uh, emotional, physical reaction to the trauma. Okay, interesting. And the memory. So it's it's fascinating what our, what our brains are capable of doing, and um, ART is just one example of that. Very cool. Well, I know that healing hoof steps... Um, operates responsibly when it comes to mental health, Nerissa. And who do you have on your staff specifically that ensures the safety of each client you work with? Well, our clinical director, Connie Baldwin, uh, she is a licensed mental health counselor. She oversees our other uh, licensed mental health counselor and clinical psychologist. Uh, She ensures, you know, all of our all of our initial forms, everything is cloud-based and uh, through HIPAA compliance software. Uh, our clinical team does go through uh, continuous continuing education um, seminars, workshops, opportunities. Um, we have a HIPAA compliance training that we're actually going to do here with our staff um, next month as well. So we try to make sure that everyone, whether they're on the clinical side or even on the therapeutic writing side, um, over there, our instructors are certified therapeutic riding instructors, but they're not clinicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but because we are a mental health facility, we need to make sure and ensure that all of our staff uh, and our volunteers understand and, and the importance of that privacy and maintaining that client privacy while they're here on the property. Right. Well, I I know that you are very proud of every staff member and volunteer that you have there on your property, and um, I'm going to give you a chance to to give them a shout out here. 
Well, can, this absolutely would not be possible without Connie Baldwin, um, our clinical director and licensed mental health counselor, um, Amara Ham, our amazing therapeutic writing uh, program director, and we have Melissa Wynn, Dr. Nina Golick, uh, Becca Hansard, Bianca Alfonso Garcia, Lori Odom. Uh, we just, uh, all of our volunteers, we have an amazing staff of volunteers, uh, board members. This is absolutely a team effort here, and the horses are part of that team, too. So there's 11 horses and two miniature donkeys um, that all make all this happen, too. So we are all one giant team of, of two-leggeds and four-leggeds that are making all this happen. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I understand that you have some exciting news regarding expansion um, on your property. I'd love for you to elaborate what's happening on the ground, but also um, I wanted to touch on something that's going to be happening from the air, too. <laughs> yeah, so um, some exciting things. So as, as we have grown, so does our need to expand and add additional pasture space. A therapeutic riding barn on our riding side, as well as a cover um, for our therapeutic riding arena, which, as you know, weather is a huge uh, factor in everything that we do. And we do have, you know, some, there are some diagnoses and medications that interact with extreme heat and sunlight. Um, so we're going to try, we're trying to remove any of those barriers to care as we continue to grow and move forward. And less than the number of weather-related cancellations that we get um, so that we can continue providing that care. Um, we do have some big events coming up. Uh, we are going to be, there's at Destin Commons, we are one of the beneficiaries for Smoke on the Coast, which is their big barbecue festival that's coming up on July the 3rd um, at Destin Commons. Uh, that's going to be fun. We'll have some interesting, we'll have a herd. They won't be There'll be an, it'll be an interesting herd <laughs> since it is a food festival. So it'll, there's a most spirited booth uh, uh, award, so we're going to try and win that one. Uh, and then we also have an event coming up at the Baker Arena in uh, July 23rd, 24th, and 25th. A gentleman named Tim Hayes, he's the author of the book Riding Home, The Power of Horses to Heal. Uh, the forward is written by Robert Redford after his Horse Whisperer uh, movie experience. And um, so the first day will be an equine therapy clinic where folks that are in mental health locally in the community, teachers, social workers, parents, anybody that wants to come and learn about equine therapy, they can either be a participant down in the arena with Tim and the horses, or they can come and be a spectator. And then the second and third day would be a natural horsemanship clinic where he'll be working with individuals uh, and their horses. People can either be a participant with their horse um, or be a spectator in the stands. We'll have vendor booths out there, food trucks, um, and the proceeds from the event for the three days will all go towards those big expansion projects that we have. Okay, cool. Well, when we spoke um, about a week ago, you were talking to me about the covered arena, and I believe there's something that may be painted on the top of that. Absolutely. So we are located uniquely in the final approach path to um, VPS, uh, the Destin Fort Walton Beach Airport. Um, and for that, um, for our arena cover, the arena cover is 80 foot wide by 160 feet long. 
And it does have the ability to become an aerial billboard of such or aerial advertising space. So we are looking for a sponsor or sponsors who would like to have their logos printed and proudly displayed across the top of that arena uh, for helping us sponsor and get the cover cost um, covered and built. So the entire cover can be one business um, or it can actually be done in eight 20 foot sections. Okay. The cost of the logo. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the entire um, arena cover itself is 192000 And if somebody wanted a logo, it can a single logo, it could be as big as they want at $10 a square foot printed on the fabric. Um, or it's 24000 per 20-foot section. And again, the $10 a square foot or the logo. But it would be the only aerial billboard uh, in the north end of the county. So we have Delta, we have Allegiant, American, now Southwest Airlines that's flying over, as well as all of the uh, helicopter and uh, military aircraft that are constantly coming over, and then the private private charters as well. Very it's cool. a great opportunity and a big open space to tell people about your business. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Well, how how can somebody learn more about Healing Hoof Steps in not only what programmatic offerings you have, but also the upcoming events and the the um, sponsorship initiative you just talked about. And also, I wanted to talk about the exciting um, news in reference to more um, more portability as far as insurance is concerned um, and that expansion that is, is potentially going to happen. I think you said it may be June or July of this year. Yeah, we are we are shooting for June first um, to be able to be a provider on the mental health side um, with all the major medical insurances. So, Tricare, all the Tricares, United, um, Aetna, Cigna, Blue Cross. Because um, what we've run into is a lot of the folks on the mental health side that we've been able to secure scholarships and sponsorships for at eight sessions or 12 sessions with some is that there are some that need and require that continuing care. Um, and so so they won't have to be out of pocket. We'll be able to utilize um, major medical insurance for those. So tentatively June 1st, um, uh, of course, insurance works on its own time. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of getting all of that set up and we're hoping to have that launched by by June the 1st. Okay, cool. But if anybody would like to learn more about any of our programs, purchase tickets to any of the events, or learn more about the scholarships and sponsorships that are available, they can always visit our website at www.healinghoofsteps.org um, or they can give our office a call at 850-764-1005. So um, if anyone would like to volunteer, all of those forms as well, are all of our volunteers pass um, a background screening before they're able to work with any clients uh, on the therapeutic writing side. And so their volunteer application is also found on the website under the forms page, and they just simply need to fill that out and send it in, email it to us, uh, and then we'll submit the background checks and then the background check to complete. Fantastic. 
All right. Well, Narissa, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today and um, learning more about the opportunities that Healing Hoofsteps offers to the Panhandle of Florida. And with with that, I just wanted to ask, do you have any parting thoughts um, to or advice to someone who may be intimidated or afraid of horses and, and doesn't really want to try it? Um, do you have anything you'd like to share with them? Well, it's not about horsemanship and it's not about how much horse knowledge someone has or doesn't have. It's about learning about ourselves through these experiences with the horses. Um, Many of our clients have never even had their hands on a horse or seen a horse in person. Um, And it's really about just having the willingness to try something different. Um, You know, if what, what you've tried before hasn't worked, you know, give something different a try. Um, but it's definitely not about having any prior knowledge of horses or horsemanship at all. Right. And and also, you know, your staff is there to to help people also. So you're you're not standing alone <laughs> wondering what to no. do. Um there, no. you know, and sometimes I think just taking that little bit of a chance on something different can really lead you to finding a lot of peace and and living a healthy life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we um, go, I always like to talk about um, what some of your favorite things are. So with that, I'm just going to choose a few from my list here and uh, ask you a few rapid questions. All right. Okay. All right. Narissa, do you have a favorite author or book? I actually do. It's actually an, an autobiography. Um, while all of my staff and my family will tell you I'm a huge fan of, well, he's still, he's always going to be the rock to me. Um, Dwayne Johnson as the movie world knows him. Um, but one of the things outside of just, um, was always that drive. I, I loved reading about how he struggled and how when, and when someone would tell him that something couldn't be done, he would always say, watch me, <laughs> you know, he wasn't supposed to play. He wasn't supposed to be a wrestler wrestlers. You know, he was because his family came from wrestlers. He was never going to make it, or he was never going to make it as a movie star. That's probably my favorite one. Wrestlers can't be actors. Um, but you know, finding those challenges in life and being willing to push back and say, watch me. And so, and, and that's something that to me always has resonated with me. Um, tell me that I can't do something like build a horse program where there's no horse, anything, <laughs> nobody knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> tell me I can't do it right? and watch it get done. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. How about your favorite season of the year? I love the springtime, and it's mostly due to my uh, <laughs> that my adverse feelings of the winter months. I love when <laughs> the time finally changes, when it's not 400,000 degrees outside on the surface of the sun, um, and the flowers are out, and the carpenter bees have joined us again, and you know that it's springtime. Mm-hmm. And it just it feels like such a lighter time than than you know freezing cold and in the dark at five o'clock right it's kind of a renewal almost you know it's just yes ma'am cool all right do you have a 
favorite food? I actually do. My mother is um, from Thailand, and so my all-time favorite food has always been uh, fresh papaya salad with sticky rice and barbecued chicken. Mm. Oh, that sounds so delicious. good for the soul. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Um, all right, and one more. Is there a favorite place that you have visited that you'd like to share with us? I would have to say that my favorite place that I visited was Thailand. Mm. It was just absolutely breathtaking country. And to see how, um, you know, the other side of the world lives, Mm -hmm. it really puts some perspective on, you know, a lot of the things in in America that a lot of people take for granted. Um, But just my family uh, in Thailand is from way out in the country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of things that, that, we take for granted that people get along every single day with. If there were a toilet paper shortage, nobody would be in a panic, I can promise you. Yeah, they'd figure something else out, right? Yeah. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah, for sure. So when you went to Thailand, did you were you able to go with your mom? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we went out and visited our, our family out in the countryside and, and even just touring the palace and the and the ruins of the the old um, palace, and I mean, it's just it's there's so much culture and so much amazing history. Um, it, just to wrap your mind around all of it, it's, it's just it's incredible. And the and the beauty of the countryside and and the people is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I will have to add Thailand to my bucket list. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, you will love, and the shopping is amazing too. Oh, cool. There's always that. <laughs> Retail therapy is always good. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, fantastic. Well, um, Narissa, thank you so much for your time today. Um, You are one of the most hardworking individuals that I know, and I know that your staff is is right up there with you doing great things every day. Um, So I look forward to getting this interview out into the world. And for our military folks that are in the panhandle of Florida, please, please check out Healing Hoofsteps and uh, our first responders. And so, you know, we can meet civilian needs too. You guys can. So um, just check them out. Um, They're, they're a great, great organization. And I appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much for having me, Sherry. It's it's always wonderful to be able to have the opportunity to, to share the stories of healing that happen here with anybody that needs it. Absolutely. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Thank you for listening to our Behind the Warrior podcast. This series is provided to you by the EOD Warrior Foundation. To learn more, please visit us on Facebook or at eodwarriorfoundation.org. And don't forget to tell a friend.